Hey, hello, welcome. You're here just in time for this week's episode of Adafruit Show and Tell. And I'm guest hosting today. It's not uh, it's not the usual Lady Ada and Mr. Lady Ada. It's me, John Park. Thank you for joining me. We've got a bunch of great guests on tonight to show off their projects, some people from the community, some people from Adafruit. If you want to join in and show some stuff, uh, the place to get a link is in our Discord. So head to adafruit.it slash Discord, and then jump over into the live broadcast chat channel. You will see a link right there uh, and lots of friendly people talking about what's going on on the show. So let's get started. First off, we've got Jay. Hey, Jay, how's it going? Hey. What you been working um, on? I upgraded the facial recognition bot, the Furbot, to Furbot 02, which has moving legs this time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I realized uh, after the first one, having the head just move is nice, but you can add a little bit more life liveliness by making other parts move. So now I have like, the first two legs are servo powered right now. I may give a little nudge here and there to give it a little bit more of a live feeling, but still doing the same facial recognition, the same looking for people as it's doing now. But now we're just adding a little bit of a extra, you know, extra movement here and there, a little, little flair. I like that. That's really cool. Also, it seems like uh, having the mannequin is a good way for you to demo this without having it right there on your shoulder necessarily. It's still in prototype mode. So like if I turn it all the way around, you can see all yeah. the wires still hanging out a bit and stuff. So uh-huh. this is the perfect way of me being able to like work on it without having to wear it while working on it like I used to. So this is Bruno. It's my mannequin name is Bruno. So, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. That's why it's Bruno. <laughs> That's great. Very nicely done. And uh, you, you were saying earlier that you've got some overkill blue LEDs going on, on there. Maybe. Yeah, I, I wanted them to be bright, but yeah. I just now saw it in the camera. And now I'm like, all right, you're a little bit too bright. So like if I turn them <laughs> off really quickly and see, yeah, it looks a little bit like the same, a little bit different, but the LEDs yeah. are a bit, they're a bit much. I may switch those out or at least find a way to dim them. What is it about blue LEDs? They always seem to be brighter than anything else. I don't know, but at the same time, it gives us off this friendly vibe, which I want because it already looks like a giant spider crab, and people right. are really freaking out about that. So yeah, so no red. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, it gives a kind of a cool halo uh, effect, and and right. got so much uh, light bounce off of the the white of the bot itself. It looks really cool, actually. Yeah, I have to go and do a little bit more details. I'm gonna add a little antenna that probably moves around too, and then make this little tube I have on the back light up as well. It's gonna look very sci-fi. I like that. What's the tube? Is that uh, containing things or is that decorative? It's for both because I can use it because it still opens up. But it's an old uh, paint tube I used to have for art school. So you can still have a thing here that says, like, do not open. Yeah, open okay. on the other end. But uh, yeah, I'm going to make some lights in here and I can use it to carry around and stuff. And I have some extra ones too that I can, like, alterate to make it do different things. I like that modular design. Really cool. Well, thanks for bringing that on. Great progress with the bot. See you later, Bruno. See you, Jay. Yep. Later. All right, next up we have Scott. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Uh, good. Couldn't try not to wake the kid. Okay. Uh, while I'm at it. Uh, he's he's starting to face facial track better every week as well. <laughs> um, and we, talking about bright lights, we have green charging lights and stuff. Copper tape is working awesome to cover oh, the lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good um, idea. Anyway, so I've been working on the web workflow, which is the idea is that with CircuitPython, you can have a bunch of devices, like ESP devices that are on your Wi-Fi network, and you can connect to them. You can modify the files through a web browser. Um, so what I have here is, although it's 
it's the local host is actually talking to a circuit python device which is neat that it can work kind of cross server like that uh, ideally we can have like code.circuitpython.org work with a device locally as well which would be really cool um, but what I've been doing is like I you can now like select files to upload and you can create a directory. I did actually break it, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, but it, it basically works. So you can like click in and see like the live what's in the live folder here. And it's actually not doing a separate request. So it's a, a bit snappier than otherwise. And for clarity, this is a, a microcontroller running circuit Python that is connected via Wi Fi right now. Or is this Bluetooth? It's correct. It's 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 Wi-Fi. Um, the HTML page itself here is actually served by my computer, but then it's doing behind the scenes requests out to the, the ESP that's connected over Wi-Fi. Um, cool. And in fact, what it's doing is it's actually running a discovery process, which is why it takes a little time to load. But it says, like, is there anybody on the network that's CircuitPython? And then um, in the future, you'll be able to like switch between devices, mm -hmm. um, which would be neat. So making progress there. <laughs> cool. And some of the things this this opens up for people will be uh, sort of remote updating mm -hmm. of code mm -hmm. from an iPad to your cosplay prop or something like that. Um, anything on your local network. Anything on the local yeah. network, yeah. yeah. And you may have seen in so this is all part of CircuitPython 8. And in CircuitPython 8, you have now a title bar at the top of the, any screen that's on by default. So you'll blink it and then what we call the title bar. Mm -hmm. It used to be just like the scrolling area, but now we have a title bar. And what we put there is like your IP address. So if you're not able to do automatic discovery, which also works, mm -hmm. uh, you just type like circuitpython.local in. Right. Uh, that if you have NDNS, then that will work. And you can see here it redirected automatically. Uh-huh. Um, if that doesn't work, then you'll be able to see on the screen what your screen or via the serial connection, what your current IP address is, because that would work too. Very cool. Great progress. Thanks for bringing that on, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Good luck with sleeping baby. Still asleep. See how much work I can get done while he's asleep. <laughs> Good luck. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Okay, next up, we've got Noe and Pedro. Guys. Hey, what's hey. up, JP? What have you got here? What's this? Yeah, so let's see here. Is it showing up? Oh, weird. There it is. There it goes. Oh, that's a weird thing. Don't hide the window. Oh, sure. And H. Sure. Just have yep. it open in the background. <laughs> that's neat. Okay, so yeah, so this week's project is a Pi Portal. Uh, I, I thought it'd be a fun idea to turn the Pi Portal into kind of like a smart mirror. Love so it. I got this piece of acrylic uh, with some mirrored film. And uh, we collaborated with Liz to make it so that it's interactive so that it uses the ambient light sensor to detect when your hand is in front of it. Uh -huh. So it'll automatically turn off in a few seconds, but just sit still for a little bit. There it goes. So now it's a mirror again. And then when you wave your hand in front of it, it turns on. So it's pulling you know, the weather info from uh, the Open Weather Maps API. You kind of got your standard uh, conditions. You got a nice icon. You got the temperature and the local time. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun cool. little case. I got my little reset button back there. Um, nice. It's all done in CircuitPython. And then look at these thumb screws. Aren't they awesome? Like you got They're these beautiful. Kinda, yeah, you can adjust the viewing angle. So you got your little smart mirror. And there's my Adabot there. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a magic mirror done in like such a small form factor, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, actually, um, I got inspired by one of the thermostats, the Nest. One of their latest ones has like a little, it's like a circular thing and it has that mirrored film. And I was That's looking smart. at it and I was like, hey, that it does auto shut off too. So I kind of yeah. was going to originally make it a circle, but I went with this shape because it, it kind of like works no, out beautiful. better portrait. Yeah, it looks like a bedroom, like a you know, dressing yeah, room. Yeah, exactly. It's a small size. I like that, but I've never wanted to commit a whole big mirror to one of these. Yeah, products. that's another thing, too. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool so to make a big one, but hey, yeah, you, you probably that's have a big commitment. That's really cool. Nicely done. Sweet, yeah. Uh -huh. All right. Well, thanks for bringing yeah. that on, guys. Sure, thanks. anytime. Take care. All right, bye. Okay, uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Paint Your Dragon. Hey. Hey, oh. gosh. Uh, you guys are all so energetic. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready for a nap. And you guys are, I don't know. Anyway, I'm babbling. I'm sorry. Anyway, we have this library uh, for, it's an Arduino library called NeoPixelate. And it is for, uh, it is for controlling like a whole lot of LEDs all mm -hmm. at once. And the idea there, instead of one really long NeoPixel strip, it splits it up into eight things that all happen in parallel. Mm -hmm. And we've had this for a while. It runs on the M0 and the M4 chips, but there's a, chip shortage and yeah. those are hard to come by. And so a while back I ported it to the RP2040 chip. And then um, last week I got it working on uh, another chip. We can get our ESP32s. And I needed to learn, there's this LCD controller peripheral on the ESP32 S3. I needed to learn about it. And there's this kind of jackass thing you can do where instead of using it for an LCD, it's like, hey, you kind of have this parallel output that uh, it's all using DMA. There's like very little CPU overhead. Um, so you can do junk like this uh, oh. and still have a lot of CPU available for your, your own task or whatever. So oh. anyway, that's working. I blogged a bit about it on yesterday. Uh, and it should get merged into that library uh, in the next day or two, I hope. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Is that, and so this is ESP32 that you're running it on now, and you've also got it on RP2040? And the, the original M4 and M3, yeah. yeah. the ESP32 S3 specifically. Right. Yeah, the the new hot one, so. And we have a feather wing that's designed for plugging a bazillion in, right? Yeah, that's, that's what, sorry, I, my cables are only so long. That's what I've got on there. That one was originally designed for the M4. Yeah. But the cool thing with the ESP32 is you can just route any signal to any pin. Uh -huh. And so it's like we didn't need to design a new feather wing for this. We yeah. can keep using the M4 feather wing. Um, and the software just works. You know, it just routes the signal to the same old yeah. pins. And that's pretty exciting. So people often ask, how do I do fast stuff with a whole lot of NeoPixels? And it seems like <laughs> this is a really good answer to that. I don't think I ever appreciated until you lifted that thing up how parallel that is, that all that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's And it's, they're, they're going back and forth. So there's actually only eight, eight channels uh -huh. here. Yeah. Really, the main reason I wrote it wasn't for a lot of LEDs, so you can use it for that. It it's the topology of a lot of LED NeoPixel projects specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, about like if you do one long strand and like if you're putting that on a costume or something, having to go out and back and out yeah. and back and out and back. Um 
that has problems sometimes. And so data wise, you mean like sending the message all the way to the last. Yeah. And you know, if, if something breaks along the way, NeoPixels, they won't, that's the end of that, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, being able to home run all of those signals kind of uh, simplifies certain, yeah. certain projects. So you can fail one eighth of this at a time and everyone else is happy, right? And they'll keep going. Yeah, that's kind of a nice one nice aspect of it. Yep. Really cool. Well, thanks for the update on that. And that's great that we now have uh, more options for chips that actually exist. More chips you can actually get. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Sure. Take care. Enjoy your nap. All right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Next up. Hey, it's Liz. Hi, Liz. Hey, how's it going? All right. What's new? Uh, I'm going to switch my camera um, and maybe. Oh, you know Hello. what? Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, one second. Hear us. Hear us. Uh, press button. Should switch, maybe. Okay. Um, never mind. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're back. Um, but so I've been doing some tape hacking um, where yes. um, uh, sorry. Um, I can you come back to me actually? <laughs> Absolutely. We'll cool. be back Thanks. in a moment. That was a good plan. Good thinking. Heads up play. All right. Uh, how about Foamy Guy? Tell us what's new. Hey, JP. Uh, so I am a uh, kind of working alongside of Scott on the same uh, web workflow stuff. So Scott's been working on getting the files listed out um, and he actually built the back end for being able to save the files and stuff. Um, and last week on Deep Dive, as well as on some of my streams over the weekend, I worked on this edit screen. So I have it set up now where uh, we're actually viewing the CodePy file that is running on, uh, I have an ESP32 S2 TFT there. Um, so it's the same deal as what Scott was showing. This is connected to Wi-Fi. My computer is then connected to it. I can see all the files on it. I can click into a file. So like ah, we could go inside CodePy. Uh, we can make an edit. We have nice, I integrated it with this nice code editor. So we have like syntax highlighting and all this fun stuff. Oh, cool. uh, we could do, you know, make an edit. Hello, show and tell. Whoops. Uh, hello and show. Hello, show is cool too. Uh, show and tell. We can uh, save it here. Uh, 204 is successful. So that tells us that it was successful. And then I uh, do have it. Oh, I actually just closed it. I was going to say I have it opened up over here with the uh, terminal. Um, and so we could see that it updates. I won't, I won't bother to go back and open it back up, but it will update live. We can rerun it now. It has the new code in it. Um, and we can also click around all the other files as well with this. So I have it set up where this little pencil will go into the file. Um, there's a couple of different themes and things. So uh, I'm super Neat. excited about the web workflow. This is kind of the wow. piece of it that I started working on after Scott showed it last week. So figured it'd oh, be cool to terrific. show an update. Wow. Uh, that's really great. I, I know particularly educators are always asking about ways to get around having to install things or even plug things into USB sometimes. Yep. So uh, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's plenty of people who'll be happy about this, but I know educators will will really appreciate uh, this sort of seamless um, connectivity and, and editing of the files. Yeah, really definitely. Cool. Oh, and then uh, the cool thing, actually, probably the thing I think is the coolest about it is I added this docs button. So you can actually highlight part of your code. 
Uh, you can click this cool. docs button and it will actually go to the CircuitPython docs and it will put whatever you highlighted oh, cool. into the search. So you can just highlight a library or a function call or yeah. an object name or whatever, uh, search it up right there and it will pull it up in the docs for you. That's a huge time saver. I, yeah. I, I know there's times when I should look at the docs, but I'm like, ah, the whole rigmarole of opening a browser window and remembering where to go and yep. finding it. Oh, that's great. Yep. Uh, nice yep. work. Yeah, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a lot of fun to play with. I'm definitely excited for it. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for uh, live streaming as you're building this. I know a lot of people are enjoying uh, participating and following along as you're, as you're coding this up. For sure. Yep. Thanks, JP. Thank you. See you later. Bye. All right. Uh, I see stuff on Liz's camera. So I think this is promising. Hey. Hi. Uh, sometimes you should just not have a try to do a fancy camera thing. You should just point <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I've got a cassette deck here, um, and what I've done is I've broken out the wires directly from the little DC motor, and I'm controlling it with an L9110 driver, which is this little chip on the breadboard, and that's being controlled by a CutiePie RP2040. Uh, and then I'm able to use the three volts from the CutiePie to actually power the like audio output um, from the cassette. So um, basically I've got a little loop going, um, and I'll turn it up. And then I've got like this warbly pedal that can do arp arpeggiator. Fun. And I can change the speed. So now we're going faster. I can also do reverse. Really cool. Thanks. Um, and then for the case, basically, this is going to get onto a Permaproto. And then this print actually broke when I took out the printer. But um, it'll have a little clip that goes onto the back of the cassette. Oh, nice. So I can just sit there. And then I can have the wires come out from the battery contacts and the okay. motor. Um, and then they'll go into a terminal plug. So it'll kind of be this little compact thing. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoops. I've made me go away hold on there we both are uh the yeah so so the blue deck there i have one here somewhere i've, I've now lost it uh liz and i've been playing around with some of these and and that one has its own little motor controller on it that doesn't allow you to change very much the speed it's it's basically got a trimmer pot in there that was designed yeah. just to allow them to tune the thing uh at the factory so you've gone that extra mile and said okay goodbye dumb motor controller here's a way better motor controller yeah. that's great and what's good is it's really easy to desolder those wires like it was yeah. just two points um and they weren't like through holes so i just had to heat up the point and then was able to pull them out and then oh, just an extra length extra great yeah. yeah and and it's super available too these are like 15 yeah. 20 bucks on any online retailer that's kind of the one uh walkman style player that exists right now in the world uh manufactured new so yeah. <laughs> follow along. Great. Well, thanks for bringing that on. Looking forward to the progress. And uh, people don't know, Liz and I are working on a guide together that'll have a couple of different of these uh, sort of walk Mellotron hacks uh, for people who want to get their cassette on. Yes, definitely. Thanks, Liz. Have a good one. Thanks, Liz's desk. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have the Rainbow Cube of Torment. Some people know him as Toddbot. <laughs> Hello. Ooh. 
<laughs> so, um, Rainbow Cube, second Rainbow Cube. So, um, I was jealous of Noah and Pedro's uh, huge, um, uh, big matrix cube they'd made, and I found these really cheap uh, 8x8, 64 pixel, NeoPixel panels on Amazon. You get three for $12, so I'm like, oh, I can build a cube for, you know, 24 bucks. And uh, so I built a little 3D printed frame that basically you screw on, whoops, you screw on like this, and you print out four of these and just kind of put it all together, and that gives you a frame that you just screw the panels onto and you wire them up. And um, and it they're they're held together with little M2.5 screws, which means you can use standoffs as little feet. Nice. <laughs> feet. And uh, so this is running a um, this is running a CircuitPython sketch that's doing a um, the LED animation library, little like uh, Rainbow Sparkle, I think. And this is another little little CircuitPython. It's just like random pixels with a fade out. Cute. But uh, but yeah. Whoa. <laughs> These are really high tech fuzzy dice for sure. I've stole that joke from someone who said you needed to print out a Yeah, totally, totally. But yeah, so um so I've I've always wanted an LED cube. They've always seemed very expensive um and hard to put together and so this is a nice little weekend project that uh turned out pretty good. Yeah, you've solved that's so great. You've solved the problem. Uh you didn't wait around for it. You just said, "Hey, I'm going to build the uh the easiest to put together little cube." And you said you're running uh a cutie pie in there. Uh, this is so. This one's running a Cutie Pie RP2040. Um, this one's running a um, like a generic ESP32S2 Wi-Fi okay. board, like a generic one um, off okay. of Alibaba or whatever. So <laughs> soon enough, you'll be able to have it battery powered and Wi-Fi encode it from your browser with the stuff. Uh Scott. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If 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 this one, if I would have put this one um, with the little cutie pie backpack, the BFF or whatever, then yeah. this one this one could have been totally standalone with That's no wires coming out of it. <laughs> but currently they're USB programmable, so I can just like log into them and like change their code, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And if you want to build one yourself, I've put up yeah. all the design files up on printables.com, and I'll put a link to that in the Discord. Thank you. Cube of torment. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> CJP. And happy at the same time. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We got Rachel coming up next. Hi, Rachel. Hi there. Uh, let's see. Am I? Can you hear me? I can hear you and see you, and you've got some fireworks going on back there. Yes, I uh, I set the camera up. We're not optimized for me so much as for this Lego display. So this is actually a Lego wall. Oh, wow. Uh, so this whole thing you built out of Lego. And um, so it's got all these studs facing out. I'm not sure if you can see that. Yeah. So I didn't totally reinforce it, so I'm a little worried about trying to bring it toward you right now. But Okay, be careful. Get a chance on it. Um, anyway, these, these LED matrices from, uh, from Adafruit are perfect because um, it's... Uh, it's uh, on a four millimeter pitch uh -huh. and um, Lego is on an eight millimeter pitch. Uh -huh. So I was just uh, displaying at the Brickworld uh, convention in Schaumburg, uh, right in Chicago. Uh -huh. And it was part of a Juneteenth celebration. So these were Juneteenth fireworks and we had a whole display with all the little mini figs and everything um, in front of it. And it was a hit, I gotta say it was a hit. So. Uh, anyway, so, so are those? Little, uh, yeah. So are those big plates? Something here. Oh yeah, the focus is going funny. 
so um, you've faced something with large Lego plates. Is that what the front is, or is it? Uh, a... No, it's brick. It's entirely brick built. Okay. Okay, I'm not sure what I have to do to get that to focus again. <laughs> got um, angry. Camera got angry. It's um, yeah, maybe I'll better just give it more light. So it's a cool effect. by by brick built, I mean it's like a wall just built layer uh -huh. by layer up. Okay, and if you um, if you put okay, we're gonna take a risk on it, but some matrices may well fall out if I uh -oh. uh, bring this toward you. Good one. Because. I wanted to bring something today, but I didn't have time to redo all the. Uh, oh, no, work in progress is to secure it. Lot, so, yeah. Um, might be easier to bring the camera to it, but um, or I'd have to unplug it. But yeah, um, we can see it though. So, so these are uh, right inside of uh, a little window, basically. Exactly, um, and for the show, each of these windows was filled with um, an actual clear base plate. Lego made a 16 by 16 little clear plate for a mosaic uh -huh. kit many years ago. So I've sort of, you know, been collecting them here and there. Uh -huh. And I guess since we've got this far. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> That's so great. Part of what is so miraculous about this, these matrices uh, is that the the screw holes are actually exactly Technics. aligned with holes number uh, one and fifteen? Here, unplug one here. Of um, Technic. Really great. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and really I mean, great. I think it's because the whole thing's already metric, right? Yeah. And so it's already on a four millimeter pitch. Legos on an eight millimeter pitch. For some reason, they don't work this way, so we had to do a little bit of shimming. But yeah, as long as you can attach this, you could build it into any whatever you want, right? I mean, great. Uh, you're done. You know, there's so many different ways that you can plug pins into here and yeah. and connect it. And then basically, you add four LEDs under each Lego stud. Uh huh. So it gave a lot of resolution. Oh, and, that's uh, really cool. Anyway, yeah. So this craziness is because. Um, to to just do brick built in two studs wide is not going to be very stable, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, I had to go the other direction vertically, and I used a combination of Technic and um, just long sixteen stud Technic bricks, and that's great. The heck out of it in the other direction to supervise. To Excellent one. work! Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really cool. Uh, and if you, if you have any photos of it up in the uh, the show that you were at, throw them in the Discord if you have any links or, or photos you want to I share. I will, yeah. I have some fun video of it, too, yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Rachel. You bet. Coming by. We'll see you another time. Uh, I can just envision a new cube method in the Ruiz Brothers' future as they dig through their Lego bins and Technic bins. Uh, all right, last up, uh, we have John here. Hey, John. We've got about... Uh, three minutes before it's time for Ask an Engineer. So what have you brought uh, to show us today? I'll make it super fast. So uh, I showed off my EL pegboard thing earlier. Um, Very cool. Uh, but this is just a little change I made to it. Um, I wanted to let my kids play with it. And it was just this giant board, really annoying. Um, so I just cut it out, put on a board. Um, 
and I wanted to do the the rocket ship because I wanted to show off the I let it have it on too. Ah, that's great. So really? so I thought my kid would like that. Uh, I gotta let him play with it, try it out with the smaller board, see if they like it. Pretty fun. Um, and then I also made a little uh so I now have a 3D printer, made a little stand on it so they can set it up on their uh shelf and nice to put the controller screen on the back and, yeah. and uh so yeah. so yeah so you previously had it on a larger pegboard and now you've tileified it sort of so you have a better little canvas right yep so my kids can actually use it and not fight over the single pegboard uh -huh. it'll, be, it'll be fun good call oh that's great thinking excellent well thanks for bringing that by really cool work we'll see you Thank next you. time see ya bye all right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Show and Tell. Thanks, everyone, for coming by to bring your stuffs to Show and Tell. Also, the people over in our chat for hanging out. And uh, coming up next is Ask an Engineer. So stay tuned for that. Bye-bye.